Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Oddcast, a podcast for nerds by nerds. Join my co-hosts, Paige, CN, and me, Joe, as we engage in casual and sometimes heated discourse about nerdy topics, and sometimes not-so-nerdy topics, from this world and many of the made-up ones we participate in, ranging from pop culture, tech news, science, science, whatever CN feels is stupid, Paige finds cute, or I find interesting, we're going to talk about it. If you like what you hear, go ahead and click that like, subscribe, or whatever it's called on whatever your preferred platform is. So grab your iconic quotes, hold on to your butts, don't forget your towel, stay on target, and engage. Hi everybody, and thanks for joining Oddcast, the podcast for Nerds by Nerds. Uh, you're joining uh, myself, Joe, and today we have two special guests with us. We have Tiffany, who has joined us in the past. You might remind her as the loud, obnoxious one. And we have Demi, who is also joining us. And today we're going to discuss a topic that is near and dear to our hearts, which is the animated television show on Netflix of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Yay! Uh, So real quick, um, before we dive into our deeper thing and have spoilers, obviously, uh, we just wanted to kind of put in a, uh, a quick elevator pitch so to speak for those of you who are joining us who have never watched the show uh the show it started in 2018 and is brought to you by dreamworks animation and it is created by noel stevenson and it is a reimagining of the television show from the 1980s which if you are a fan of the show from the 1980s you probably know it more as a female version of he-man um It follows the story of Adora as she learns how to uh, become and I guess uh, face the fate of She-Ra. She is, at least according to the show, the second incarnation of it. And I think that's kind of the elevator pitch. Uh, To me, it has kind of a a similar styling, not necessarily animation style, but storytelling as uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. It's a coming-of-age story, which I would recommend to everybody. And real quick, just to go around to the table, I would say that out of five, I'd probably give it like a 4.7. Um, I, mm, solid four, maybe 3.8, four. I'll give it a four. Yeah, I would say it's a... Uh... I would give it a 4.5. All righty. Um, so, and there's a lot to discuss, but that's kind of just our opening to that. So uh, all of those of you out there who have not yet watched it, I highly recommend you watch it. It's 52 episodes. Uh, they go by really quick and they take a variety of turns. So yes, that, that is the elevator pitch for all of those of you who are listening so uh, now we're going to move into spoiler territory. So if you haven't watched it um, and you think that you might want to, I would recommend that you check out now. Or if you have watched it and haven't finished it, I would recommend you check out now. But if you have watched it and you enjoy it and you want to discuss it further, then please, by all means, stick around with us because um, we're going to go into it, I guess, as best we can. Uh, so I figured we would start with basic the, the world building itself. Uh, I'm a really big fan of the world that they set She-Ra in, uh, the uh, world of Etheria. I think that they did a really good job. So I know that it's not, you know, obviously the four nations, but they have uh, magical kingdoms all throughout the world, each one operated by a different princess. And then you have horde territories and you kind of come into the story at the start with, uh, the Horde fighting the Rebellion, and Shira, the hero, the main protagonist, Adora, she is actually uh, on the bad guys team. She's not. She's not a good guy. Yeah, and it's pretty cool because you don't know it at the beginning, so it's kind of like a a cool twist. It was like the first cool twist of the whole series. Yeah. I, I, I can agree. Um, I was thrown off because they were like fighting princesses. And I'm like, why are you fighting princesses? 
<laughs> I was like, okay, let's let's dive into this. I think that was the initial like, wait, what? What are they talking about? Uh, so all of us have different reasons to watch the show. Uh, I know that we were just talking about world building, but so I watched the show because I was curious about it. I watched Shira back in the eighties. Not that I remember it very well, but I do remember watching it. Uh, I kind of the same thing with He-Man or Thundercats. Like I remember watching it and I remember liking it, but I didn't really remember it, remember it. So, uh, on Netflix, it popped up and I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's watch this. And uh, it was on my list of things to watch. And at the time that I started it, it was two seasons in. And I remember I watched the first three episodes and I was like, I'm going to sink my teeth into the show and just keep watching it because this is really good. Um, Tiffany, I think you had said that you just fell upon it. Um, yeah. So earlier this year, well, maybe literally like four or five weeks ago, um, I was watching <laughs> Dragon Prince and mm. it popped up and I was like, oh, I need to take my braids out. Well, I'll watch this. So I started watching it while taking my braids out and kind of similarly to you, um, three or four episodes in, I was like, mm, what the hell, we'll, we'll continue. And I'm definitely old enough to have watched the 80s cartoon She-Ra, but of course... If any of you that have listened to this podcast know, I don't remember anything. So <laughs> I'm sure I've watched it, but I just really had nothing to go off of because I, I, I remember certain character names, but actually physically watching the show, I don't remember. I physically remember watching He-Man and Thundercats, but definitely not She-Ra, but I know I watched it. So I came across the show because of Joe. I don't, I didn't, I didn't watch She-Ra um, Grom back in the day. I'd never seen the original She-Ra ever still to this day. And I was over Joe House and he wanted to show me this show. And, um, and that was really how it happened. I just, I saw the first episode and thought that's interesting um to be honest with you if it wasn't for a character named Bo I probably wouldn't have kept watching <laughs> but I just adored this character so much and I wanted to know more about him so that's why I was enthusiastic about watching the rest but yeah I'm here because of Bo let's just tell <laughs> the truth <laughs> so, so We'll get back to Bo in just a moment. So, uh, so in the world, the princesses are connected to gems, and Hordak is the leader of the Horde. Uh, the Horde are the bad guys who are trying to conquer the planet of Etheria. And then along the way, there are a lot of twists and turns. You learn that Adora is an ancient one, or yeah, one of the ancient ones that was summoned mm. through a portal by Hordak as he was trying to escape Etheria or summon an army to Etheria to help him conquer it. Uh, and yeah, so along the way, you meet a lot of personalities. And I mean, they they go really deep into it. Like there's a lot of drama between different individuals. Uh, Katra, who is Adora's best friend, uh, feels hurt and betrayed. And you spend a lot of time with Katra moving up the ranks in the Horde, uh, trying to get her revenge on Adora for leaving her. And you deal with uh, Shadow Weaver, who is introduced as what you presume to be the big bad. Well, like the secondary big bad in the first season, only for it to be revealed that she's really not that bad. <laughs> At least not as bad as you would think she is. Uh, Hordak casts her out, essentially. And Katra takes her place. So it's interesting to watch all of these characters evolve. So uh, there's kind of a, a connection between these mystical gems that give the princesses powers. And uh, the Princess Alliance is a small rebellion force in the beginning. They are fighting a losing battle until, of course, She-Ra begins to turn those tides. And that's that first twist in the first two episodes is... Uh, Adora learns of the sword and summons uh, power from the sword and Etheria itself in order to turn into the princess of power, 
She-Ra. So uh, going from that kind of world building explanation, I figured we can kind of go into some of our characters. So Demi has already mentioned Bo, who is his favorite character. Uh, ever. <laughs> favorite character ever. Just on TV, period. Just ever. <laughs> so, so I guess that means that we'll start with the um, with the best friend squad. And the best friend squad is Adora, who is also She-Ra, uh, Princess mm. Glimmer, and mm-hmm. and then Bo. So Bo is cleverly named Bo because he wields a bow, <laughs> a bow and arrow <laughs> as his weapon. I wish his name was spelled B-E-A-U, though, instead of actual Bo. I... I thought that's how you spelled this name when I was Googling him when I fell in love with the show. I put that in and it was like, who? It corrected me really quick. It was like, no, we don't we don't say it's 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 the bow. Don't worry. It's just the regular arrow bow. I'm like, oh yeah. Of course it's the eighties. You remember right. how that works. <laughs> <laughs> We're going, like, when we talk about the names of the princesses, you're going to know, like, oh, yeah, this was, this was definitely the 80s when this, when they were made. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yes. Now, I was just going to ask, who was your favorite um, character? All right, so that's a tough one. Uh, So... I can round out Demi's top three only because I know Demi. So, and, and Demi, you could tell me if I'm wrong. Bo is your number one. And then yes. I'd probably say that your number two is Double Trouble. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then your number three is Swift Wind. No. No, Swift Wind got replaced. Who replaced him? I think you'll be shocked who, <laughs> who my number three was. And this is. Because of the end, it was it ended up being Catra at the end. Okay, at the end, because you know me and her, we had a, you know, we can always see eye to eye throughout the whole series. But into it, me and this character has had like a rocky relationship. We'll we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So all right, well th- that's interesting because Swiftwind was on your list for a very long time, and for those of you listening who have. Well, you're listening now, so you've watched the show. Swiftwind is, of course, Shira's sidekick animal, which is a unicorn Pegasus with rainbow <laughs> wings, who is just so full of himself, like just so over he the is. top in love with himself. He is. I love that about him, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, he just he just edged out because what happened was he just didn't. He didn't grow much past that, and not that he should, but that's why he fell out of the top three because the the other characters, other characters, kind of grew into a place in my heart that he, you know, that he was. So I liked him the way that he is, though, but just not on that level. <laughs> All right, and then Tiffany, I know you posed the question to me, but I'm still I'm still debating what order I would put him in. So, what? Who are your top three? I want you to guess. All right, all right, let's see. Man, that makes it tough. All right, so Tiffany's top three, based on what I know about Tiffany. Uh, I'm going to say Shadow Weaver makes your top three. Nope. Really? Nope. Oh, my God. I think that's the um, the princess, the water princess. What's her name? Yes. is number one. Yeah. And I knew that. That was my first guess. As soon as you saw, I was like, "Oh, I know one for sure." <laughs> Theoretically, she's number one and only because I um, dislike many more than I do like. But um, Mermista is definitely number one, not because she's depicted as black, but um, she's just <laughs> permanently unimpressed, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that. I love her I mean, voice. Like, it's just all awesome. unimpressed. Awesome. She's like, whatever. What, what do you want? I'm here. Okay, great. And <laughs> I don't know. That just speaks to me. And she's um, unimpressed by her love interest, or at least she acts like it. And yeah, that that, <laughs> that attracted me as well. It's like this is my girl. Um, she is the queen of unbotheredness. Yeah. 
So Mermista was definitely on my list for Tiffany. Uh, I would not have put her as your number. Well, I guess maybe she should have always been your number one, but uh, only because of your attitude towards things. Um, you know, you're you're a tough one to peg down because, like, even in my mind, I'm like, you know, there's so many other people you could go, go with. Maybe the Frost Princess, whose name always escapes me. Frosta hated her. No, not her. I was thinking uh, the net. Net, net, yeah, uh, I like her. She's number two. <laughs> yeah, I know you, girl. I know you. <laughs> She's number two. Mm. Now, three, I'm having a hard time with three. Let's see. I mean, you went with Matisse, but you're not going to go with Spinderella. Actually, yes. Only because she's plus five. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. (laughs) And I I didn't really notice it until the last season. I was like, oh, wait, she's a big girl. I'm here for it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And I love the fact that she... She wears what like everybody else wears. Like they didn't try to like. She just she's in her outfit too. Like yes, bitch, I'm here. <laughs> whatever. Oh my god, can we curse on here? Yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you oh, want. Okay. I didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know, like you know. I, okay. Okay. Good. Good. Well, yeah. I was like, yes, bitch. Work. I, I like her. I like her. Uh, all right. So I only have one, and it was Mermista. I just had to find the other two because you guys were naming three. But <laughs> I'm a, if you're not first, you're last kind of person on this one. <laughs> all right. So then, who do you guys think my three are? Um, I like R and Catro. So I would say those two. Say? Who? Adora and Catra. Yeah, but they can't be tied. Like that's the thing is like, I, so I I loved the idea of their relationship so much. Um, like I, I love them, but I really really like Entrapta. I was gonna say Entrapta. Oh, wow. I absolutely hate Entrapta. Well, no, I don't hate Entrapta. Entrapta worked my last nerve. I'll say that. Uh, yeah. I really liked her and. Uh, and I really liked Double Trouble, but I think that I would actually go with uh, Seahawk. That was nice. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can understand it. Type. I was going to say, I can understand it totally. I totally see that. But, jeez. Between him and Swiftman, I just wanted them to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I think this calls for, <laughs> Tiffany? A sea shanty. Who's with me? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> no, I think what I loved most about his character was that for no reason he was just setting boats on fire. <laughs> he was. Yes, it was just like... like that was his battle. They just dropped the fire, fire on him. Set that shit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I think it was such a perfect pairing to pair him with um Mermista. Mermista, yes. It was just perfect pairing because they're so not alike. Like she just she's nothing like him and it was just awesome to see them play off of each other. I think that uh the one thing that I truly admire about this show is how well balanced everything is. Like I didn't feel like anybody was not represented. I didn't feel like they left it. Like it was a very inclusive show. Um, All body types are in it. Like they did not leave. They didn't leave a stone unturned to me anyways. Like even down to double trouble. Like one of the things that I loved most about double trouble is that they did a really good job of not ever identifying a gender for that character. I agree. Yeah. Like they blurred it. Even when that character spoke, they he, they never said he or she or because it didn't mm-hmm. matter yeah because they were everything they, yeah. they didn't they just it was a very interesting way to in my opinion to make it that inclusive like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and, and even down to the relationships that were had like 
There is not any character who had a problem with any other character. Um, Bo's two dads are a great example of that. Or even Natissa and Spinderella, or Natessa and uh, Spinderella are great for that too. Like, you could tell even in the first, like, two episodes when you first encountered them, you knew that those two characters were together. The show did not do anything to hide it or make it, like, a secret thing. It was just, I didn't know. no. <laughs> I, I didn't know, but I also <laughs> didn't care. <laughs> so I'm not, that's still a win. Right? You know, what I loved about the world is that their issues, like the things that their problems and issues and all of this was during the world, it, it never had anything to do with what the character loved. It was more of who the character loved that was the conflict. Not the fact that it was, oh, this is like another guy or another girl. Like th- in this world, it was just so... It wasn't even accepted. It, it was just never a question. Like, it was never even a second thought in their minds. Their minds, it just showed how far, like, how different this world is that you didn't have to come out in this world. You was just there. Like, whoever you were, you was just you. And whoever you love, you just loved them. And that was it. Like, that's what I loved about this, this world. And that's why I wanted to, like, stay in it <laughs> because it was just like oh finally this is finally somebody got it understood this you know so that was awesome that that's what i really really appreciated about the show absolutely no and i think that they did a fantastic job and it and it's not just that but they put so much deep lore into the world around it like um I mean, the, on the surface, everything was great, but then when you get deeper, like it stays just as well connected. Like uh, introducing the idea of the ancient ones, and then building them up as like the force for good versus the horde, only to then find out that they weren't that good. They're not perfect, and a lot of what the world building was was how do we shift people's worldviews, like yes. big changes, like what you think you know is not necessarily always the truth. And the creator even Mm -hmm. said like, that was what she wanted her conflict to be was free will versus destiny. And you have this character in Adora who is destined to be She-Ra and there's a destiny that was determined for her, but she, you know, fights and struggles along it this whole time. And then watching Katra sink into her own, sadness and depression and how she pushes people away and has anger issues and then giving her like this ultimate redemption arc like uh you know the catcher that you start the show with is not the catcher that you end the show with because there's been growth and development lots crucial like (laughs) on the precipice of destroying the world to learning that she wants to save it for, you know, particular reasons. Mm-hmm. And the show also did uh, something that I really love when I watch television, which is you have two characters and then obviously people ship them together and they did this great job of like teasing it a lot without ever giving like a true inclination. Like, is it, or are they, what's the connection? Are they, this and then finally making the determination towards the end like uh avatar the last airbender which i compare shira to a lot you knew that Eng was interested in katara like after episode three you were like okay ang clearly is interested in katara um will she be interested in him and then they have like a love triangle by introducing zuko but in this show, they didn't do that necessarily, unless you count Scorpina, Scorpia, or Scorpia as a as part of a love triangle. But Catra and Adora always had like this connection, but it wasn't. I always wanted it to be something more, and was hoping for it to be something more, and then at the end, it was something more. But 
mm-hmm. throughout the entire show, you could make the case that they just have like a bond with one another, like friendship or sisterhood or something along those lines. It always felt like something deeper. So it was nice at the end to get that reward of it was something deeper. Kind of the same thing with Glitter and Bow or Glimmer and Bow. Glitter. I, yep. See, Catra is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> In the original, wasn't <laughs> Didn't they ship Bo and She-Ra in the original? Uh, so see. asking me questions about the 80s one is going to be tough because I don't truly remember. Kind of like, uh, so one of the things that I wanted to discuss, especially since we're talking about world building, is the continuation of things. So this series concluded uh, this weekend uh, meaning May 15th, they released their final season uh, of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. However, uh, I would like to see more of the world because they, Etheria is where magic was trapped. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are yeah. two ways that it could go. Uh, they did say, do you, ha- you want to do one more adventure uh, as one of their final lines? Right. We know that Horde Prime, quote unquote, has been defeated. However, evil never truly goes away. Like, and whenever you destroy one evil, there's always something there to fill its power vacuum. Right. Uh, so you could now send Shira off into space, especially because you introduced characters who already exist in space. Mm-hmm. So you've expanded your universe, and that would be the um, the Star Siblings, who only appear in one episode. I kept expecting them to show up on Etheria mm-hmm. for the final battle, and they didn't. Right, and I was like, yeah. they put a lot of them to join the rebellion. They were- yeah, like they they started rebellions on other planets around the same time, and then it dawned on me that technically, and this is like a super far fetched idea, DreamWorks Animation and Netflix have an opportunity to really build a dynamic world uh, amongst 80s cartoon shows, uh, namely the big three that could easily share a universe. Technically, there's a fourth, but she's a little bit more out there to bring it in. Um, But you could pick up other 80s stuff and put it in that same kind of world where, like, magic's been gone. Like, for example, make the mutants part of the Horde they're attacking Thundara, which is being destroyed. The Thundercats evacuate. They crash land on a planet. Magic awakens because it's now been released from Etheria. It awakens an old slumbering evil spirit. Boom, you've got Mumra. My favorite. Like, there's, the, there's the opportunity to share that same information. Uh, they also never explained Grayskull. Like, they never touched on it other than you know that she draws power from it. If you're a fan of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, you know that Grayskull is another place where magic dwells from that Skeletor has been spending his eternity trying to conquer so that he can take the magic from it. And Prince Adam has (laughs) the other sword, which has not been destroyed, even though She-Ra learned that the sword is not what gives her power, that she is her own power. And one of my favorite lines to come from the show as a whole is you are worth more than what you can offer to others. And I was like, that is a super powerful message that I think everyone should hear because it's absolutely 100% true. You have to be who you are and you have to find your own worth. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think anybody of any walk of life couldn't, uh, relate to that for sure absolutely um and then i mean all the stuff that they did like we know that there's angelic beings or celestials because angelo was there um we know that they have the ability to bend reality because uh etheria itself had that option we know the ancient ones went to other places and they had a long-standing war against the horde or uh, Prime. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, w- another favorite line that I have, and this one's really weird, is, and it comes from Mermista. In the end, when Hordak 
who we know, based on estimated time, has to be in his 30s. And Trapta is in love with him, essentially, in the end. And she's so happy to see him, and she's dragging him off, and Mermista just turns and goes, so are we just all okay with this, or... Is that not me, you see? That's what I was thinking! (laughs) I just realized that you definitely gravitate to... um two characters that definitely remind you of yourself because yeah that the, that's the problem I was so confused <laughs> I was like wait because I was thinking is this some weird Oedipus, Oedipus complex like what's, what's what's going on here what, what really let, oh. <laughs> it bothered me but okay <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, it, it did kind of have an electric complex to it. I also enjoyed the fact that they did a callback to all the characters in the last episode, with the exception of the star siblings. Yeah. Because um, if you are a character on the show, they you were out, there to fight. They left out somebody, though. They left out um, three people that I really wanted to see, and we didn't get them this season. Uh, and that's the cow crew. Oh, they, well, no, they were there because... When yeah, they were there in the end. They were they in the end when Bo was the um, hologram, I think, when he was telling them they had to fight back or something. I think they kind of showed them a little bit. I don't yeah, they showed the Kyle, but I remember seeing the girl. But, oh. No, all three of them are there because Rogerio, I'm not going to get his name right. He's carrying a baby. Yes. A yeah, baby. he's got like a baby on like his he's got one of those like baby strap things and he's got like a purple baby. In the- okay, now I'm going to need to know like the backstory of this. Now that's your spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite things, uh, one of my favorite lines to come out where I, I could have there are a couple times in the final season where I was like, man, I really wish Demi was here just so he could hear that line because all I can hear him is going, oh, and then, like, gripping my arm because of something that was said. Mm-hmm. And one of the things <laughs> that was said was when Scorpio was talking about how she's good about keeping secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, like, the fact that Kyle has a crush on Rogerio. And then they turn and they're like, what? And she's like, nothing. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was, yep. Yeah, I, I, you know, I definitely would have. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that part. You love those characters. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, Lonnie, yeah, I did. Lonnie and crew. I want. Mm-hmm. I wanted more of them. I I really wanted to see them. Um, so I didn't get to see them. I I just wanted to. I thought when they went back and um when they went back to fight um, Scorpio, I thought they were going to be there for whatever reason. That wasn't the case. I missed them. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I like them too. Like, I think even in the quote unquote filler episodes, there was nothing truly filler about it. I agree. Yeah, they still progress characters in them. And that's that's good use. Um that's pretty good when you're watching it because for me, I'm not like a um I'm not a big filler person. Like your filler episode has to like even for shows that I love, the filler episodes just was like a chore to watch for me. So I'm not like a filler person. So for this show to be able to do it and for me to still love it, it's uh it's pretty pretty cool. And every side <laughs> character that they introduced, Demi was just as enthralled by. Like even even Light Hope, like he wanted to know everything about Light Hope. He was like, "Look at this lady showing up like a hologram. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yes, look at how she dressed. Oh, it was the she was the shit. Okay, when I saw Light Hope, I'm like, oh, Auntie, like I liked her. I was liked her from the get go. I'm like, look at this bitch hair. Like she had this haircut. She had the like she was fierce." She was fierce. I, you know, she remind me of. She remind me of one of my favorite um, artists, uh, Grace Jones. So I was all for it. I was like, oh my gosh, she's giving me Grace Jones. So I, 
I was here for light hope for the whole thing. And... You, you know who I liked, and she gave me <laughs> dark crystal vibes. I do not remember her name, but the old lady in the in the woods, Madam Raz. Oh! I like Madam her. Raz. She she gave me dark crystal vibes. I forgot the um character name for dark crystal, but yeah. Oh, Mother Agra. Yeah, she yes. yeah. So she she was cool. She I mean she was in and out. They didn't really like. Um, she was clearly there for a purpose. Um, I like that for her character. They didn't like like you were saying. Most of the characters, a lot of them, was well written, um, and they all had their purpose and they stood in their purpose. It wasn't anything extra. It wasn't too little. It was just enough of everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they spread the wealth. Like this it's such an important thing to be like. Here's a side character. Here's enough for you to know about them that, you know, we can build the world more with those people in it. Like, it's just, it's such a great lived in world. And uh, I, the connections that were drawn and like, and you think that the show is not going to get that deep. And then it finds a way to get deep, like uh, watching Catra's dissension into what was going on, uh, watching the world get ripped apart and then them sacking characters to show that like, yeah, we'll kill characters. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Ketra is something serious. Like she grew so much um, in the series. And I was, um, I was making a joke about, she reminds me of this friend that you would have who always seems to like, they ask you for advice and you give it to them, but they'll, they won't do it. Like they'll just do something else and then come back later. Like, I think I made a mistake. I probably shouldn't have done you like, girl, stop. Like that is how I felt about catching the whole season. So it was this up and down thing where sometimes she just did things to make me so mad that I was just like, I'm done. I don't care. I don't care how you end. You can just, I don't care. Then I kind of did care because I still loved her. So yeah, we went back and forth. Like she, that's how her character is like written. It's it's just so good. Like you really, at the end, I really appreciated that that roller coaster of emotions that she took me on. And I think the same could be said for Adora. Like her character went from being like this kind of simple and naive character to you know, essentially having the shit kicked out of her. And I think that this is the important thing. Like, uh, I think for any protagonist in their hero's journey, you have to beat them down. Like, you have to beat them and break them so that when they rise back up to the occasion, it's worthwhile to watch the rise. True. Uh, you know, and none of the characters in the show just mm-hmm. had something fed to them. Like, even down to the end, like Adora was ready to die in order to save everyone. That is true, yes. So, um, this is kind of off topic. Um, It's still about, of course, the show, but so uh, when you mentioned Hordak being like in his 30s and however old Entrapta was, so it just seemed like they only aged Glimmer, like when she became queen versus everyone else. It's like Glimmer was eight or 11 or something when she first shows up. And then she becomes queen and now she's like a teenager, but no one, it didn't seem like anyone else like grew up or, you, you know what I mean? Like even so, to her animation and how they drew her. It, so, you know, it, it dawns on true. me now that we don't know Hordak's age. <laughs> right. And and we only know that we don't know Hordak's age because he's a clone. Right. So really, he could be like in his, I mean, not that it makes it any better or, or less cringy. He could be in his early 20s. And Entrapta is maybe somewhere between 16. The only one who really had a, a quote unquote age was Frosta. Right. But I'm just saying, even in just the animation, like Glimmer was depicted as a, a kid. I mean, and then all of a sudden she's yeah, clean she's and all that... of her features change and her clothes change and her hair gets a little more um, 
it's, it's longer and it's a little more coiffed or whatever. It was just like, she's the only person that changed when she became queen. And it's like, so did she grow up or is like, I was just confused. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's true. That's just so true though. She's the only one that like hit a growth spurt. Everybody else is just like, they was there from the beginning. <laughs> well, the only, that's not true. There are two characters who did get costume changes. And I mean like permanent drawn ones, not just like an offshoot. And that is um Shira, not Adora, and Katra. I was very yes, yes. I was about to mention that because I hated the first Shira. I I, I hated her first costume because I just thought it was stupid. But then when she found herself and she realized that Shira was inside of her all along. They kept her little uh, pompadour when she changed, and it wasn't the little creepy skirt. Um, <laughs> 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 I liked the second Shira costume. I remember saying to myself, this looks good. The other one, not so much. Yeah, and then, uh, so other things that Demi loves is every time Bo is on screen, he reveals his, his abdomen. Even his spacesuit had a hole so you could see his abs. I was like, really? Bo was Bo was out here. He was he was Bo giving y'all body no matter name, what. Like, no matter you can't what. be named Bo and not be fashionable. It's true. And you know what's funny? He's not powerful unless he's showing that. Because yeah. you remember the episode where he had with his dad and he had to tuck his shirt in. He couldn't even function right. Like he had to rip the shirt just to be able to be Bo again. He was like, okay, now I feel like myself. Like it was. Now, we need now, to see it. And now knowing that about <laughs> Bo and Demi, I think I understand why the final season Catcher was able to win Demi over, and that's because she managed to win Bo over. Yep. With her with her cat space helmet and her weak yeah. sneeze. <laughs> it was so cute. Yes. And I also liked her haircut. She got a haircut. I was like, oh, oh wow. She looks fierce. I liked it. But yeah, it was when Bo started liking her idea too, because me and Bo are, you know, connected at the brain and it just kind of, it worked that way. If Bo don't like you, I don't fuck with you. If Bo don't fuck with you, if he does, then you're fine with me. Okay. That's how that works. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, closing thoughts. Uh, what would you be willing to return to the world were they to announce that they were doing a, a Ben 10 to it. And for those of you who didn't watch Ben 10, which I'm just going to assume that Tiffany and Demi didn't watch Ben 10. Thank you. Uh, the first iteration of Ben 10 was its own show, but then they continued that same plot story, uh, that same storyline three years later with alien force. And then again with ultimate alien. And then I want to say there's a fourth one. And then they kind of did like a soft reset. Uh, I would be okay with watching a continuation series like with the same characters but maybe in different scenarios uh obviously in space bringing magic back to the universe at large or like i'd said before i mean i would be okay with them exploring he-man although that's going to be tough because kevin smith has a he-man starting and people get easily confused but i think a thundercat spinoff would not be out of the realm of possibilities for it or and this is the one that I thought was super far-fetched. I would love to see the same creators do their take on Rainbow Bright. Oh, I would be here for it. Give me back my childhood. Yes. <laughs> I didn't see Rainbow Bright, but if the creator is doing it, I'm all for it. I'm kind of all for whatever she wants to do now. She's won me over to at least go and and look at whatever she does for now I, I, i'd be here for um a spinoff or a continuation it's like i'm already invested and i yeah, hate it too. so I, why not i i mean even down to i would watch prequel <laughs> series i would watch mara as she-ra in a heartbeat like there's so much lore there i mean even though i know how it ends i'm willing to watch it yeah we know how it ends but we don't know how it really got there like it'd be fun to see Especially since we know that I want to see, I, especially oh, I since we ahead. know that there was a rebellion at that same time, right? Oh, yeah, they hid the that's family. true. 
I, uh, I'm not sure how I would feel watching something that says She-Ra and Bo is not born. <laughs> so that's going to be kind of hard for me, but I would do it. I would do it. I would so jump and do it. But, you know, I want a Bo spinoff, a prequel, uh, you know, something Bo-related. It's all good for me. But I, I'm, yeah, I would love, I would love to stay in this world because just, just the show, it just has so much representation that is just so important to be able to see. And this is a show that I was like proud to show like my nieces and, and all of that. So it's not, I don't have much of like that. So I'm very excited uh, to stay in this world and I would love to keep it going. Cause I just feel like this show is awesome and a lot of people could get a lot out of I, it. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, so I think that, that that's probably a good closing statement for us is the show has so much representation and so much going for it that it, even if you if you didn't watch it, but you stuck with us to hear us talk about it, watch it. Like, just give it give it a shot. It's 52 episodes. And by the time you're done with those 52, you'll be like, I want 52 more. You're just you're ready for it. And each time, like, they did the escalation from Power Rangers where it's like, here's the big bad. Surprise, not the big bad. Here's the big bad. Surprise, not the big bad. Here's the big bad. Which, um... I know. Who is in charge? Who is in charge? Like, it's like, if you, can you imagine, like, you go and you like, can I speak to the manager? And then there's another manager and there's another manager. It's just like, well, who is running this shit? Like, I need to know. Who am I supposed to fight? Damn, like it was just crazy. <laughs> As it turns out, the villain was your struggle the whole time. Darn it. Although I will so, say that after it was done, I did feel the <laughs> urge to start calling people little brother and little sister. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that drove me crazy when he kept doing it. I was like, will you stop? He gave me Emperor <laughs> vibes, and he should have. Yeah, he was meant to. Yeah. Even down That's to, he got cool. tossed off the side rail and still wasn't dead. You know, I was screaming when that <laughs> <laughs> I, I was screaming as that happened. I was like, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> and then yes, we know that she that drove him awesome. out of Kordak's <laughs> body, but we don't know if he's destroyed. So Prime could okay. still be the villain. Could be. It's true. He, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it. I don't know what it'd take to get rid of him. Complete destruction <laughs> of the entire horde. Um, no, but it, there's so much. There's oh. so much there, and it's just. I know that we could keep talking about it forever, but I feel like really that that's the wrap up point. So, uh, watch it. It's great. Uh, I loved the ending. I was very happy to see my characters get together. Demi, I don't know if you were happy to see Glimmer and Bo get together. <laughs> oh. I, I was happy to see Glo- Bo. You know, um, is Bo happy? I'm happy, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had other ships for Bo, but that's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, my ship sailed. Like I was like, yes. And it was well worth it too. Like they they showed him in the future, <laughs> and then they went back, and then they kissed. I was like, "This is great. This is exactly what I wanted." Thank you, final episode. Um, yeah. So definitely go back and watch. Tiffany was there. Was there a couple that you wanted to see get together, and it didn't happen? You know, I don't ship people. I I, I would love stories without love. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that though, like that's what I I should say that though because is I'm not much of a shipper either. But the fact that Shira made me the only reason why I was a somewhat of a shipper in this world is because of the world and how well they did it. But usually, you don't win me by who's going to end up with who. Like you, you win me by how the story ends like how are you going to get rid of this villain and you know like that is and I feel like they did a really good job at never letting the love story overshadow the actual 
plot of the show. You know, the end game. We have to go. I was totally clueless with Adora and um, Katra until whatever, uh, I guess either the final episode or the episode before the final one, it was like, oh, well, you deserve love too. So I now had to think, well, hell, who is she supposed to love? I said, oh, they're going to catch her. Okay, there are, like, I was totally clueless because I just, <laughs> because I didn't care. I just, <laughs> like, none of that stuff, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get me in my feels. So I was totally clueless. I- I, I was I was three episodes in and I was like I want them to be together and then it just kept not happening and then I was like maybe it's not even a thing maybe I'm just reading too much into it but then Catra was Scorpia's date to that ball and I was like no I'm not over reading <laughs> this those two belong together even when they danced I was like yes this is exactly what I wanted and there were so many opportunities for them to kiss and they did and I was like fuck just do it. Where was I? Like <laughs> none of this ever crossed my mind. No, but you didn't get any of the hints that they was dropping through the whole series oh, at all. Like you didn't. You never totally even crossed your mind. I saw absolutely none of it. <laughs> I didn't see any with um, Bow and Glimmer. So there you go. <laughs> They got me with one. I, mean, <laughs> I was just I like, where did that, that come from? Natasha when it came and uh, Spinnerella were together until like the last season. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I totally didn't see it. <laughs> I told you that one. Damn. <laughs> they, they've been holding hands since season one. Like, but that doesn't kissing. She just thought she just thought you know she needed the directions. That's what it was. She just needed to be able to be directed around. She hold her hand. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was looking down, taking out a braid or something, and I missed it. I don't know. <laughs> that is All right, awesome. guys. Well, thanks for joining. Uh, have a wonderful night. Uh, I'm sure we'll get together again to discuss another show that we love. For those of you who have made it this far, uh, I know Avatar, The Last Airbender, did also just come out on Netflix. But Iroh and Aang would both advise you to watch She-Ra from beginning to end and give it a shot because it's fantastic. Um, Demi, thank you so much for joining. Tiffany, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, If you want, you can give me a Mermista-style response and just say, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bye. Bye. Bye.